your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 515 of Locked On Canadians, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. I am, well, technically solo hosting. Laura has given me free reign over the show and let my reign of terror commence. I'm going to make Robespierre look like a coward by the time I am done in the next three weeks here. So... I am Scott Matla. I am your usual host and co-host of Locked On Canadians. And today, it is the first of our guest spots and good friend of the show, Ian Boisvert, joins us. And Ian, how are you doing as Christmas approaches for us? I'm doing all right. I have some shopping to do still because I'm a chronic uh, procrastinator. Um, when it comes to gifts, it's the only thing in my life that I just really push off. Um and eventually that stress will keep me from sleeping, eating, or taking care of myself. So I'll have to take care of it. Um, we're doing all right. I, well, I mean, I, I thought I procrastinated. Like I got my, I finished up everything on Sunday, went to the Christmas market and finished up the last few things. And guess what? Uh, that's the end of it all. So I, I guess now then we should get into the news because there is Montreal Canadiens news. Uh, Caden Gooley has been named team captain of uh, the Canadian junior team at the World Juniors Tournament, assuming all goes ahead. And we will touch on the COVID stuff coming up next in a moment. But is it really that shocking? And I, I, I know that Ian and I are both probably in the same mindset of this is everyone keep your thoughts in check here. It doesn't mean he's the next captain of the Canadians. Everyone take a deep breath. But at the same time, in a season where there's been so many crummy things, seeing Caden Gooley being named captain of this team, is, I think, is a big step forward. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, you know, for a lot of reasons, just, you know, to have a Montreal Canadiens prospect um, involved in the, you know, the grander Canadian hockey scene is, is really cool to see, you know, barring a carry price return to return to form and, and heading to the Olympics, which both seem incredibly unlikely to happen in any, you know, any, anytime soon. Uh, it's cool to see. It's nice because we're really focused on the future right now because the present is so bleak. It's nice to see it up um, who, who has a bit of a pedigree by the time he gets here. Uh, I will say, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle Chipchura was the captain of the Canadian World Juniors team at one point, wasn't he? Um, hold on, Kyle Chip. I feel like that happened, and that that you know is tempering my my happiness about this for the time being. Um, it's really cool. I'm not trying to damper anything for uh for Caden Gooley or for Canadians fans, but like. It's it's World Juniors. <laughs> he was, and you'll get yeah. never guess guess who his junior team was. Uh, I can't remember what year he would have been there, like early early two thousands. So not not to draw any more further uh, comparisons here, but Kyle Chipchura's junior team was the Prince Albert Raiders as well. <laughs> I know Gooley got traded to the Edmonton Oil Kings, but he escaped that stink. Yeah. 
Ian, you're ruining you're ruining Caden Gooley as Captain Canada for me. Why would you do this? Oh my god, it's he was the be... Bulldogs captain too. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. him and uh, I, I I have his rookie card and I have uh, Duncan Milroy's rookie card for when he should have made it to the Canadians but didn't. He was another guy who played like a whole bunch of junior hockey and a whole bunch of minor league uh, Canadians hockey and everyone's like, he's going to be something and then he just never was. Um, I don't think part of my my hesitance to accept that Caden Gooley is going to be anything other than have a rough and tumble defenseman when it comes to the NHL level is because of the two guys who drafted him, who were responsible for him becoming a Lynch Canadian um, and the sort of stink that has come along with all of those draft picks in recent memory. Um, Hopefully with a new development system in place by the time he's ready to make the jump to the NHL, which could be as soon as next year if, if they clear out the roster. Um, hopefully they he's in a better spot than a lot of the prospects before him. But, you know, who's to say at this point? At any rate, if the World Juniors happen and, you know, if they if they conclude, um, I'll be watching for Caden Gooley. You should be excited about Caden Gooley, um, but let's temper that a little bit. I am here's the thing about Caden Gooley is that I had the same thoughts at first is that his initial draft profile is, you know, second pairing ceiling. He's a very physical defender. And then um, Mitch Brown, David St. Louis, and many others have pointed out his defensive acumen is so very good. He doesn't let people into the zone without a fight. And we've seen so much of the opposite in the Canadians that it's good to see that this is something in the future. He's the next generation of, he's maybe not a point producing defenseman, but as a defensive defenseman, he can still carry the puck. He's still mobile and physical and all that that goes along with it. And I got to say, it's a nice change of pace from, sorry, uh, sorry, Ben Trot. I'm going to throw you under the bus here a little bit, but like big hulking slow guy who cannot get to the blue line to deny entries and allows access to the zone there. So and here's the thing, based on the way that COVID is spreading around the Canadians and the entire NHL, uh, we might see Caden Gooley as a have at some point this season. He does have his entry-level deal signed. I thought he was going to get a longer look out of camp, but I think they made the right choice to send him back to the WHL. I wonder if we do see some Caden Gooley games at the end of the season, depending on what happens with uh, Edmonton. Obviously, they're hoping for a deep Memorial Cup run trading for him and everything they did there, but... I wouldn't be opposed to seeing number 21, uh, Caden Gooley, uh, patrolling the blue line in Montreal to end the season. We know they're not going to make the playoffs, but might as well get something positive out of it. Yep. No, I'm all, I'm all for bringing those guys in, especially since, you know, the games don't mean anything at that point. We, we kind of have already resigned ourselves to that um, for the Canadians anyway. Uh, you know, it, 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 it'll be cool. I'm, I'm excited to see him. I hope you know, to see in a Canadian's jersey for a long time because it means that, you know, there's value gained in that in that draft selection, which is not something we've seen a ton of over the last little while. Yeah, and obviously the, the situation is continually fluid and changing and we'll find out so much more because of the way everything's happening right now. And we do have more news on the Canadian's GM search and what we think is happening next. And we're going to get into that coming up next. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. 
the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. And with all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out and get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, phone, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. As always, thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen of the day every single day of the week. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. So the biggest thing in all of this, now that there's unfortunately a COVID outbreak, the Canadians are still looking for a general manager, which Jeff Gordon is now, they said that he was going to begin in earnest following the Christmas break. That was what Pierre Lebrun recorded, I believe, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that. And Jeff Merrick on 32 Thoughts with Elliot Friedman today mentioned that the Canadians are pushing heavily to get as many women and female voices into the front office as possible as part of their full-scale reset of there. And Laura and I have talked about it a lot. We've seen it a lot on Twitter. Honestly, good. This is, and it's not just a, oh, they should hire women, you know, to make up for what they've done. It's because there are extremely qualified female candidates out there and to ignore that pool because of old school hockey tendencies is a bad thing. I'm very happy to continue to hear this. It's not just once every now and then. It's it's repeatedly heard that the Canadians are looking down this route, even if it's not as a GM, to put them in prominent roles, to give a new voice to this organization that's been 10, 15, 20 years in the past. I got to be real honest that even if it's not what we're expecting, they're in terms of what position it is, they're doing what they need to, uh, to, to modernize the Montreal Canadians and their brand. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you've said, and it, it's just, it, it should have been done a long time ago in this sport. It, it's not something that, um, you know, you see the arguments of women aren't in hockey because women don't want to be in hockey. That's just, that's frankly not true. That's, that's not, there are tons of women in and around this game who are deserving of this opportunity. Um, you know, not, and it's not, you know, they're not being hired because they are women. I will say, you know, for the Canadians, you know, they, they take a lot of flack for the fact that they, they find it upon themselves that they have to hire French speaking executives they have to have a French coach. They have to have a French front office that, you know, that that's a, a, a that's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I don't necessarily think that it has to go anywhere. One market inefficiency in this sport is women, is the fact that there are all these women available to, to, to do these jobs who have a different point of view on things, who didn't come up in a traditional, you know, they grew up going to the rink and then they ended up being in the NHL and then they ended up retiring and becoming executives. They had to carve their own paths elsewhere. Um, there's a market inefficiency in this league for women to do just that. Um, if you, as the Montreal Canadiens, start hiring women, you've got an advantage over other teams who won't. Um, you have you, you're you're giving yourself access to a pool of really capable, talented hires that would have otherwise gone unnoticed. I, I think it's just it's just it's well overdue. Um, I'm excited to see who they bring on. Um, you know. I'm excited to, to see that 
you know, from, from Merrick's tweet and from things we had seen in the past, we had seen, oh, well, they're looking at some potentially for the GM. And now it's, they're looking to bring in a bunch of women within their organization as sort of a, a paradigm shift for the way that this team looks at the hockey team. Uh, so that's exciting. It's, it's, I'm not, you know, I feel like tempering all of my expectations today, but you know, I'm not going to spike the football when they haven't done anything yet. Let's see it. Let's see receipts. I want to see this thing actually get done. Um, but it's, it's a really encouraging sign that a lot of people and not people directly related to the Montreal Canadiens, like Jeff Merrick is a, a national uh, face. He's not a, a half media guy. Um, it's, it's, it is important that guys like that are picking up on this story and saying, Canadians are really going to do this. And I, I think that's the thing is that eventually where there's enough smoke, there's fire. And I think Jeff Gordon is not Mark Bergevin and that he's a lot more open with what he wants to do with this. And I think that's a good thing. Transparency, transparency is important. And it's I understand playing it close to the vest in terms of like, hey, I don't want to give away what I'm thinking or what I'm doing here, which as a GM, I get it is important. But at the same time, be open with the fans and people who understand and can see what's going on are more likely to trust your process. And I think that this is part of that. And I'm very interested to see, like you said, where it goes. I'm not going to celebrate a thing that hasn't happened yet, but there's encouraging signs here. And it's been a while since there's been encouraging signs for the Montreal Canadiens and things. And I, we meant to talk about it a little bit in the previous segment, but we got uh, a little more tracked into World Juniors, but they placed a third member of the team in COVID protocol today. And it, it's tough. And I assume this is going to hurt their GM search a little bit because there's no longer going to be in person. This is probably, a lot of these are probably being done over Zoom now as Jeff Gorton and the team try and handle a COVID outbreak, keep their AHL team healthy, keep their ECHL team healthy, keep their... NHL team healthy like Jeff Gordon you know stepped out of whatever he was doing and into just a quicksand of mess right now and I think all things considered uh, he's navigating it pretty damn well for being a guy who's not even the one running the team right now yeah I, you know one thing that that is getting lost in a lot of this is they let Matthias go back home um you know, he's he's very much still got his eye on the future of, of this team while still trying to navigate the the hellscape that is this pandemic that we thought we had kicked and it's still it's still here. It's going to be with us for a while. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be it'll be a really fascinating, you know, it'll be fascinating to see how they come out of this um, when, it, you know, does this affect their timeline for hiring a all right, coach. Well, that's a Freudian slip. I think they should anyway, but I meant GM. Um, it, does does this impact the market for Ben Sherratt, who we all kind of assume is on the way out? Um, you know, there's there's teams lining up to throw a first round pick at that Jeff Gorton for this defenseman. Does it impact the market for the rest of the guys that the Canadians might be trying to ship out as part of this, you know, rebuild, not rebuild, retool, you want to call it? Um so, I mean, as more people keep getting out of this list, we know now that they're, the Canadians are uh, halted through uh, the 26th. Um, and I would imagine they're going to lose more than that. I can't imagine that December 26th rolls around and everybody's in tip-top shape and no one else tested positive. It's just the reality of it. So we'll see. Um, I'm more, you know, the games are the games. I know that, you know, 
they have to take place. Every team's going to have to play 82. They're not hiding from anything. Uh, but from my perspective, I'm not really concerned about the results or the impacts of those individual games. I'm looking more at how are the Canadians as an organization going to navigate this and get through it as the the essentially the start of their rebuild. Yeah, this I don't I don't think this whole shutdown I, it has both come at a good time and a bad time. The good time is the team can now rest up and recover some of these guys who are out right now, like. Uh, Joel Teasdale and Josh Brooks will be back for the Rocket soon. Um, this gives Jeff Petrie some more time to actually relax and recover. Paul Byron should be back. Carey Price has time to recover a little bit, though their facilities aren't open for skating. And I guess we'll see what comes in the next weeks here because it all signs point to there's going to be a league-wide shutdown here soon because it's just such an absolute mess right now. And as I've said with Laura several times, we will keep you updated as things go. But in our final segment here, anyone who knows me knows I love to talk about food, love to talk about the disgusting things that Rochester puts out. And I'm borrowing a little bit of an idea from our friends at Shutdown Fullcast, and I'm going to make Ian guess what is on some of these food things from an old hotspot uh, by my alma mater. And that is coming up next. Bet Online has you covered all season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march towards the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So we here at Lockdown Canadians and through our friend Ian, we love food. We love all the food in the world. And anyone who knows me, I am obviously from Rochester, New York, home of the garbage plate. And for those who don't know, I am looking at the description of it right now. The five-star plate at Jimmy Z's in Brockport, where I went to college. Layer one, you choose from the following of a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a fried egg, a Texas hot, chicken fingers, mozzarella sticks, a white hot, mac and cheese bites, or a pizza log. Normally, it's hamburger or a hot dog, um, but they, as you will soon learn on this menu, have branched very far out here. Uh, layer two is mac salad, fresh cut home fries, french fries, baked beans, or tater tots. Layer three is onions, mustard, and hot meat sauce. And then on layer four, you can add nacho cheese if you want. Ian, I cannot see your face, but I imagine it is something just awestruck in horror right now. I'm, I I do want to ask you a question because I was up I, the first time I went to Buffalo was in, in 2016 for the draft. And pizza logs are just a thing up there i'd never seen them i i mean obviously like it's basically an egg bowl with pizza and grits on the inside wait they don't have pizza rolls where like i they do but i've never heard them called pizza logs anywhere else but in buffalo so they're <laughs> like a local thing like they're in the store that i work at like pulling back the curtain here i look at, i work at a wegman's which is like the northeastern grocery chain and pizza logs are a buffalo thing like basically take a an egg roll and like ian said and you fill it with pepperoni sauce and mozzarella cheese and then you air fry it and you have pizza logs yeah 
And I did not know that that like obviously everyone's had like pizza rolls from like Totino's, just that, but an egg roll. And I'm glad that you mentioned pizza rolls because I am going. Where is this? There is a. Where is it on this menu? But there is a thing. Um, there was a burger that had pizza rolls as part of it. But I'm going to read this to you. It is called the Curtain Call. It is a cheeseburger topped with pepperoni and three buffalo dipped mozzarella sticks on a pretzel bun. So they let me get so they they took the mozzarella sticks and they dunked them in buffalo sauce and then they put them on a burger. Yes. Okay. Can't stay ever that before, but you know. And then I think I feel my blood. My personal favorite here is this is what I used to order when it wasn't Friday night. Like if I was just getting something after class, it's called a Jim Bocano. It is a cheeseburger topped with melted mozzarella cheese, tater tots, and gravy. And it comes in a styrofoam container. And it is just the absolute most like, I don't want to call it horrifying because it's delicious. But if you ever want to feel like you're having a coronary when you're eating something, I recommend it, honestly. That's something you eat at nighttime, so you don't have to get it while you're eating it, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I, we went out for this, and I ordered this to pick up on the way home, and just don't look at me while I sit in the corner of the room and eat this gravy-soaked monster here. Like, all right, yeah. Do you think I'm making up this item? It's called the Eiffel Tower. It is a bacon cheeseburger topped with chicken fingers and onion rings. I think you're making... You know what's throwing up as the title? I feel like the rest of it is fine, but to give it that name makes it makes it seem fake. I'm gonna say that's real. It is, and uh, it it the package it comes in like you cannot fit it in a regular styrofoam container. <laughs> like you need like an extra large like container to fit this in because it's about seven inches tall when you got the chicken fingers and everything on there. And I suppose my next question is because. Buffalo is obviously known for chicken wings and pizza logs and pierogi and Rochester's known for white hots and garbage plate. Ian, in your portion, in your portion of the world, what is the weird food thing that you have to defend into the grave? So for those who don't know, I live in Connecticut. I'm on the New York, Connecticut border. My neck of the woods doesn't have anything that's like particularly, um, you know, regional, but you start to move into, to, uh, Hartford, um, you know, the central, Connecticut area. And I think this is kind of a, a regional thing in New York as well in some parts, but the steamed hamburger is, uh, you know, you go to, if you go to a game at the XL center, you go to a, 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 a Yukon game at the XL center, they, you buy a steamed hamburger there. They're not, I'm not even going to say I defend them. They're not good. It's, it's, they, they cook raw beef using the power of steam. Like it's, it's kind of gross actually. Uh, if you want cheese, they like they put a bunch of shredded cheese in like this metal carafe, and they heat that with steam until it melts, and then it just kind of slides out of the metal thing onto the burger. Um, you know, obviously, if you've seen the the Simpsons bit, steamed hams, that's sort of where you know every time I see it, I go mm, steamed hams, just like Skinner would. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we don't. I mean, other than that, like Connecticut, great pizza, so it's you know. We've got that going for us, but steamed hamburgers can just can just die. I have no problem saying that. 
So if I walk into Connecticut and go, good Lord, what is happening in there? And you tell me Aurora Borealis, please tell me you will play along with the entire quote. Yeah, at this, at this time of day, at this particular location, completely localized in your living room. Yes, I get it. May I see it? No. <laughs> I can't. I, I honestly didn't know that steamed hams were an actual thing. I honest to God didn't know that that was a real thing my entire life. I don't know if it's better or ruined now, knowing that steamed hams are an actual thing now. Well, if you're ever in, in Hartford for a Rocket game, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share a steamed hamburger. It'll be awful, and we'll look for something else to eat afterwards. Oh, my God. I can't believe steamed hams are... My entire life view is changed now, and this is amazing. It's also going to be the name of this episode. It's just going to be steamed hams now, because <laughs> that's so much better. Oh my God. As always, Ian, thank you so much for filling in for Laura as she is uh, relaxing comfortably on the other side of the world now. Her flight and everything was a success. She did not have COVID when she got PCR tested there and when she left. Where can people follow you on Twitter and find your work, Ian, before we go? Uh, I'm on Twitter at maybe it's Ian. Uh, you can follow uh, at Rabs for the blog. It's kind of hit or miss right now. We're not, we're not doing too, too much, but all my stuff's there if you want to check it out. I had some stuff on, you know, Molson should hire a president of hockey ops, which he did. So I'm going to take full credit for that. Um, but other than that, uh, hockey newsletter, uh, there's some fun stuff there. We haven't done it in a while, but it's really dumb things. Like uh, last year for Christmas, I looked at the NHL fanatic shop and just made fun of everything on it. So that sort of stuff you can find there. Uh, and I think that's it. As I've always, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow me at Scott Matla. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. And when you're done checking us out, please check out Lockdown Bets as your second listen of the day. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling have all the information you could possibly need. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.